Hey listeners, I recently launched an ad-free Serial Napper feed so that you can enjoy the podcast without interruptions. Elevate your Serial Napper listening experience by joining my Patreon community and get yourself an ad-free feed on Spotify. For just $2 a month, you can become a member today and unlock ad-free episodes while still supporting the podcast. It's super easy. Just visit Serial Napper on your Spotify app and click the button at the top that says exclusive episodes for subscribers. Don't use Spotify for your listening? No problem. Just visit patreon.com slash Serial Napper to get your episodes ad-free and enjoy uninterrupted storytelling while you get your naps in. Mother's Day is almost here. Have you found that truly special sentimental gift for your mom yet? Don't worry, I got you. MyLifeInABook.com is a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Here's how it works. Every week, MyLifeInABook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions that you want to ask. And then she can either type her response or use their voice-to-text feature And MyLifeInABook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. Imagine discovering stories about her youth, adventures, and the challenges that she overcame. This book becomes a legacy, something you and your children can treasure forever. Your mom has given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. I loved this idea so much that I've started my own My Life in a Book for my children to have. The thought of my son and daughter being able to learn about my life story as they grow into their own adulthood is truly special. It's been an enjoyable journey of self-reflection for me too, with questions like, which one event made the greatest impact on your life? It's brought back memories I didn't even know I had. I love it, and I know your mother will too. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code SERIALNAPPER at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com and use code SERIALNAPPER for 10% off today. Hey everyone, konnichiwa. Nikki Young here, back with my true crime podcast series, Serial Napper. So, are you sick of hearing from me yet? (laughs) I just posted a crazy case yesterday, and I'm back already. I'm going to be taking a week or so break to spend some time with my family. It's kind of crazy times, am I right? But I wanted to make sure I left you guys with lots of content to listen to. Tonight, we're taking it back to Canada for another unsolved mystery. Now, I don't know how you guys feel about unsolved mysteries. I'm kind of torn. Um, I like to know how things are resolved, but, you know, bringing some light to some unsolved mysteries is never a bad thing. Like I mentioned yesterday, armchair detectives can actually impact real-life cases, so... We often hear of people going missing, one or two here and there, but this is the story of six young men 
from Pickering, Ontario, who vanished one night without a trace. They have yet to be found, and their families have been met with every roadblock imaginable in the search for answers. I'm hoping by spreading word around and getting the information out there, we can shine a little light on this cold case because their families deserve to bring them home. Before we jump in, tonight's episode is brought to you by The Unhallowing by Eric Schock. This book is a collection of short horror stories. The author, Eric, has worked as a priest, a funeral director, and correctional officer, so he really knows his stuff when it comes to horror. When you get to listening and researching nothing but true crime day in and day out, you need to take a break and just settle down and switch gears, and I'm the type of person that actually settles down by scaring the shit out of myself. I ordered my copy of The Unhallowing on Amazon. It's incredibly affordable. If you're Canadian, the Kindle version is just $5.17. Or if you're the type of person that likes to physically have a book in your hands, you can grab a paper copy for just $14.10. It looks like it's also available internationally. I found it on Amazon.com and Amazon.co.uk. I'll post the direct link in my show notes and over on my Facebook page so you can get it directly. Or you can just search for The Unhallowing by Eric Schock. I grabbed a copy of the book for myself and I'll be talking about my favorite spooky story halfway through the show. So stay tuned. All right, let's get to it. This story is a bit complex as it involves the disappearance of six young men and various law enforcement agencies, but I'm going to try my best to keep it all straight for you. It has been 25 years since six teenagers disappeared on Lake Ontario near Pickering, Ontario. They've been dubbed the Lost Boys because they seem to have just vanished in thin air without a trace, and it appears even after all of this time has passed, we are no closer to finding out what happened to them. Now, I honestly don't remember hearing much about this case, but in 1995, I was just nine years old. This story doesn't seem to get as much attention as some of the other Canadian cases out there, so if you also haven't heard of this case, please share it out. It deserves to be heard. Jay Boyle, Michael Cummins, Daniel Higgins, Chad Smith, Robbie Rumbolt, and Jamie Lefebvre were last seen walking together towards the East Shore Marina in Pickering, Ontario on March 17, 1995. They were all young men between the ages of 17 and 18 years old at the time, and it was March break, so the group was out doing what a lot of other teenage boys do. They were drinking, they were smoking, they were partying, and they decided to head towards the marina for a little bit more of an adventure. The boys actually told one friend that they were going to go goof around on a boat. Video surveillance caught three of the boys, Michael, Jamie, and Robbie, breaking into a marina on Frenchman's Bay at about 1.48 a.m. in the morning. On another video, they are seen taking beer from one of the boats that were docked there. This was the last time the group was seen on videotape or otherwise. 
The next morning, the boys didn't return home. They hadn't made any contact with their friends or their families. And a few of their girlfriends, who were worried sick, decided to contact the police to file a report for them missing. At first, police didn't really take the missing report seriously. These were six young men who were last seen partying together and, you know, just having a great time being young guys. They figured they had likely stayed the night somewhere, maybe gotten to some shenanigans, or maybe they were just, you know, continuing the fun. But two days later, when the six young men were still missing, police decided it was time to look into the disappearance seriously. At first, I wasn't too worried because Jay had a tendency, not that he'd take off, but he had friends in Toronto too. He would go to Toronto, but he always kept in touch, said Jay's sister Amanda. By 2 p.m. on Saturday, 36 hours after the boys were last seen, a massive search was underway. Police went down to the marina to look around and chat with the people who had their boats stored there. It was stated that between 2.30 and 3 a.m. on the day in question, some marina residents heard a motorboat out on the lake. The next morning, two boats were reported stolen from two marinas, including a four-meter imitation Boston Whaler motorboat and a three-wheeled paddleboat. Actually, if you look at pictures, the paddleboat literally looks like a giant tricycle that floats in the water. This information led the police to believe that the boats may have been stolen, driven around, and capsized, and the boys also didn't have life jackets. And even though they were able to swim, it's March in Canada, so the water was so, so cold. They would have been paralyzed by hypothermia within minutes. Durham police were joined by the Toronto Police Marine Unit, the Coast Guard, Hercules C-130 aircraft, and a helicopter from the Air Sea Rescue Unit at Canadian Forces Base Trenton. Thousands of volunteers from across southern Ontario joined the hunt also, but there was literally no sighting of the boys. There was also no missing boats found. There was actually nothing at all, including no pieces of clothing. You would think that if the boys had taken the boats and gone on a joyride, even if they could have capsized the boats, which looks incredibly difficult to do, there would be some sign of them. Bodies do sink initially, but once decomposition begins to happen, they float, at least partially. Unless the bodies happened to be trapped by some brush, but there was nothing found and everything was searched. If the boats had gone capsized, at this time you'd think it would still be partially visible and not fully submerged, or you would be able to see at least a little bit of it under the water. This is not the ocean we are talking about. This is Lake Ontario. But the only item found on the lake was a gas can that is believed to have belonged to the 4-meter Boston Whaler. The lake itself was fairly calm that evening. The waves seemed pretty calm, as calm as they could possibly be, so it's kind of strange that six boys, who were used to boating and being in the water, would have capsized and drowned. They would literally have all had to have gone in the water about the same time for all six to drown as police thought. 
But then for six bodies, all of their clothing, their shoes, their hats, their wallets, nothing was ever found. Although the boats and the bodies of the boys were never recovered, police still believe this to be the main theory as to what could have happened to them. However, I'm not 100% convinced of that. Though the two boats were reported missing the following day, there is no confirmation that the boys actually were the ones who took the boats out, and there was no video footage of this. And since neither the boys or the boats were ever found, this cannot be confirmed as 100% truth. Okay, let's talk about some of the issues with the case and the investigation that was carried out. There were a lot of really strange things that happened, and I don't know if it's a matter of poor policing or, I don't know, something else, maybe a cover-up, conspiracy, I don't know, but you can't ignore that some big mistakes occurred here. My family is getting ready to make a big move across the ocean to a place where English isn't the spoken language. This isn't my first rodeo, so I'm making sure I'm fully prepared by learning the language ahead of time. Sure, I know I can use an app once I get there, but you'd be shocked by how much gets lost in translation. I want to talk like a local, which is why I'm excited to use Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn and has been a trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, and more. Rosetta Stone helps you to think in the language you're learning using an intuitive process that's designed for long-term retention. Their built-in True Accent feature gives you feedback on your pronunciation so that you're easily understood by native speakers. They have convenient desktop and app options, so you can learn on the go, and they offer a lifetime membership that includes all 25 languages at an incredible value. And now you can save even more with 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Serial Napper listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Sunnier, warmer days are almost here. Why not get a head start on looking and feeling your best this summer by trying something new like Factors No Prep, No Mess meals that are ready to eat in just two minutes? Get a helping hand to meet your wellness goals with Factors chef-crafted meals that include different nutritional options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Healthy meal planning has never looked so good with Factors Fresh, Never Frozen Meals that are also dietitian approved. No matter how busy you are, Factor can help kickstart and maintain a new healthy routine by making it easy to enjoy nutritious meals on the go. Plus, you'll never get bored eating the same thing every day because they offer 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. 
We're talking restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon, because eating healthy doesn't have to be boring. Personally, I love not having to overthink what I'm going to eat every single day, because that's half the battle. And I don't have to bother with shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. But the best part is, these meals are delicious with ingredients you can trust. Crush your wellness goals this May. Head to factormeals.com napper50 and use code napper50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code napper50 at factormeals.com napper50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. On April 10th, 1998, three years after the boys went missing, two sets of human remains were pulled out of the Niagara River. One of these sets was just bones, but the second set had a bit of clothing still intact. The first police to report on the clothing identified it as being a pair of red Levi denim jeans with a size 32 waist and 31 inseam. Along with the pants, there was also a brown belt, a black wallet, and white socks. On the day that Jay Boyle went missing, his mother noted that he was seen wearing a pair of red Levi denim jeans that she had bought him. Now, I have a picture of Jay wearing these jeans, along with a photo of the pants that were found. You can check them out over on my Facebook page. Let me know what you think. Jay's sister also claimed that the belt that was found also looked like Jay's belt. When Jay Boyle's family requested that the police investigate these remains that were found because they might actually be Jay's, the Durham police refused, claiming that the cost would be much too high. Like, what? When I read this, I was kind of outraged, I was shocked, but the police claimed that there was no way these remains could belong to Jay as they were found in Niagara River, which is too far from where the boys went missing in Lake Ontario. But in my personal opinion, who is to even say that the boys went missing in Lake Ontario? Who is to say that something else didn't happen to them? It has never been confirmed that they went missing in Lake Ontario because literally no evidence of that has been found. No clothing, no boats, literally nothing. So, Jay's family offered to pay for the investigation. They truly believed that these remains could be their boys. With the help of a private detective they hired, they put in a request for some of the documentation. Now, it all gets incredibly suspicious here. There were issues back and forth with the police agencies that were working on the case in regards to who actually had the remains, or what file numbers should be used when requesting the remains. Just a bunch of absolute nonsense back and forth. The family had to jump through so many hoops to try to get access to these remains. Ultimately, when the investigator did get his hands on the reports in relation to the remains, a ton of it was redacted, including many of the notes and the names, including the names of the police who found the clothing. Why in a missing person's case did so much of it need to be redacted? 
I have no idea, but it's about to get even stranger. When they finally got access to those remains and had them sent over to the coroner, they were told that there wasn't enough evidence to actually put together a DNA profile and that the pants, those red Levi denim jeans, were actually misidentified. They weren't red Levi denim jeans at all. They were a lighter material of pants and they were actually orange in color. Now, they didn't allow this private investigator to actually see the pants. And in fact, the coroner said that the reason it took so long to get the remains examined was because police had, in fact, misplaced the remains for some time. Now, this is problematic for so many reasons. Like, are these the same pants? The police who originally reviewed the remains were incredibly specific with their description. They literally said red Levi's, which to me makes it seem like they must have seen the Levi label. If these remains were misplaced at some point, is it possible that these are completely different remains and clothing? And then why is so much of the report redacted, including the names of the police officers who found the remains? It leaves a lot to be questioned. A lot that just makes you go, hmm, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Even the investigator who was hired by the family noted, why the contradiction in descriptions? Who is right? Who is wrong? Are the remains recovered in 1998 the same remains viewed by the anthropologists in 2014? They won't give me access to any autopsy information. They won't give me access to viewing the evidence they have. The family put pressure on the coroner's office to put together a DNA profile, and after being reluctant, they did which they compared to the DNA that Jay's mother had from his umbilical cord. When the results came back, the coroner stated that it was not a match to Jay, which honestly to me does seem a bit questionable too, since they originally stated that there wasn't enough DNA to even put together a profile. So, I mean, I'm just wondering, you know, how accurate is this? This wasn't the only weird thing to happen in this case. Remember that video footage of the three boys entering the marina? It has since gone missing. When the private investigator requested to see the video many years later, he was told that it doesn't exist. But clearly it did exist at one point. The families all remember seeing it. They watched it and they were able to identify three of the boys in the video. Now that footage has simply disappeared. Things get lost all of the time. I get it. Mistakes can be made. We're all human, but we're talking about the disappearance of six young men. There are just so many unanswered questions in this case. The video that captured the boys at the marina the morning they disappeared. They didn't provide many answers. There were only three caught on the video, so where were the other three boys? And where is the boat? Where is either of the boats? There has not been any evidence found that shows that they actually even stole the boats or that they used the boats. And why haven't the bodies or at least one of the six or a piece of clothing or anything surfaced? 
this is still an unsolved mystery, and I would love to hear what you think. What do you think happened to these six boys? How do six boys go missing without a trace? I'm sure their families want to know. They haven't given up. They get together every year to hold a memorial, and they just want some answers. What happened to these six boys? I want to once again thank my sponsor of tonight's show. You guys need to go grab your copy of The Unhallowing by Eric Schock. If you love all things horror and creepy, and I know you do, go get it. You will not be disappointed. You can search for it on Amazon, or you can just click through the link on my show notes. I want to hear from you. If you have anything that you'd like to talk about with this case, any theories, you know, you guys always have the greatest ideas. So bounce them off of me. You can reach out to me on Facebook. Just search for me, Serial Napper. That's S-E-R-I-A-L-N-A-P-P-E-R. You can also search for me on Apple or Spotify. Check me out on Twitter at Serial underscore Napper. Or I'm on YouTube. My username is Nikki Young, Serial Napper, all one word. And if you don't mind, head on over to whatever app you're listening to me on and leave me a review. It is the very best way to support me, and I always super appreciate it. So, until next time, don't be a Dahmer. Bye. <laughs>